the nonprofit MBA purpose is to provide new business insights and fresh creative ideas for executive directors and their teams that will help them improve their organization. Here is your host, Stephen Holastic. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Holastic, and I am co-founder and managing partner of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions is the leading provider of lines of credit to nonprofits. Our line of credit program is easy, inexpensive, and costs nothing until used, making it a great cash backup plan for your nonprofit. If you'd like to learn more about the program, please visit us at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. And if you decide to apply today, we will even give you a $250 credit on file. Or feel feel free to give us a call at 862-207-4118. You know, uh, Financing Solutions has been has quickly over the last uh, 10 years become the number one provider of lines of credit to nonprofits in the United States. Now these are smaller nonprofits. So, you know, we're, we're getting a lot, a lot of uh, really great um, uh, uh, clients coming to us who are just loving the line of credit. And it makes complete sense because of course, a lot of clients that we were working with, what they were doing in the past was they were either missing payroll or delaying it when they had an issue, or number two is they were going to donors or board members for loans, which is maybe okay the first time, but after that, it's kind of gets a little bit tedious. So, um, you know, please consider again, look at nonprofitmbapodcast.com if you're interested. Today, I am very excited to be speaking with Savitri Wilson from Resilia. Um, uh, Savitri is a 2010 recipient of the Nobel Prize for Public Service, the Jefferson Award, and her work was featured in the U.S. Senate report to the White House on volunteerism in the United States under President Obama. Savitri's work and that of her clients has been featured in national publications such as the USA Today, Time Magazine, and CNN. She serves as a voice for communities, as a Forbes contributor, and it has amassed over 200,000 followers across social media. She's headquarters in New York with a second office in New York. Resilia is revolutionizing how nonprofits are created and maintained how, and how funders scale impact. Savitri, welcome to today's Nonprofit MBA podcast. Thank you for having me. So, so today's topic is scaling your nonprofit impact and you know, scaling in business typically means, you know, building something bigger, more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about what scaling your nonprofit impact kind of means. Yeah. So the way that we look at it is really the process of increasing positive impact to better correspond the magnitude of the identified social need that the organization has, Right. So when we think about um, capacity support, when we think about where that may be even like fundraising capacity, how do we increase um, the positive social impact of where the organization is today? So that's how we think about scaling impact. So give me an example. So take me, take uh, take a client of yours that's mm-hmm. one of your best clients, mm-hmm. and 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 talk. You know, I look at the I looked at the website before we went on the podcast today. You know, I, it, it looks like maybe originally you started out with offering it, uh, it, making it easy for new nonprofits to form. Yeah. And now it's grown into more, you know, pr- creating dashboards, helping uh, uh, 
nonprofit scale. Tell us a little bit about everything that Resilia offers. Absolutely. So Resilia is a two-sided platform. Um, on one side, we help nonprofit organizations increase their capacity through a number of different ways. Um, and we help funders. So think um, foundations, uh, public charities, um, cities, uh, scale their impact and provide on-demand technical assistance to their grantees and partners. And so today, yes, we started with that um, formation service, which we still offer today, helping a nonprofit go through the incorporation and exemption process. But we also have two other products, one for existing nonprofits um, in the platform. We're helping them with fundraising, board engagement and management, as well as delivering that on-demand technical assistance. So everything from courses on demand, webinars and trainings on demand that you can access at your fingertips. Um, and we were working with funders such as your Kellogg Foundation, Ford Foundation as consultants providing technical assistance. Now those funders can deliver that support through our dashboard to their partners as well. So take me, uh, tell me about one of your better clients. Uh-huh. What, what, have they, what do they say about how Resilia kind of helps them? What do they usually say? Yeah. So um, one customer, for example, uh, Metromorphosis, when they were started using Resilia, they were at a roughly about $300,000 in um, budget, so annual budget of $300,000. Um, over the course of two and a half years, they have grown to a budget of about $2.5 million. Um, and so when they talk about Resilia and how the platform has helped them, it's really helped them not only structure um, fundraising and how they go after new funders and funding opportunities, but also as they're bringing on new team members. So how they can support their team members, how can they help train and teach them how to be fundraisers and to do their job well, um, and then how they scale up their organization over time. Um, and so even board members have access to the platform. So if you are a vice president of a board and you just joined, um, you will get a automatic email directly to your email address saying, welcome to such and such organization. Um, and it'll tell you how can you be the best vice president and your responsibilities to that board, but also giving you the information and empowering you to be a champion and ambassador for the organization that you just joined its board. And so we're delivering that capacity support directly through our software solution now. So does it, um, so that with that board member that comes on board, it, is it providing training through videos or, I mean, what is it really doing? Two things. Yeah. So yes, providing training through videos, courses, but also we provide uh, that human touch as we say. And so you can also schedule 30 minute, um, 30 to 45 minute one-on-one coaching with our nonprofit experts as well. And so although the majority of the work happens in platform, we know that nothing one, all nonprofits are not the same. So there is no one size fit all. And so we layer our um, nonprofit coaching on top of the platform so that you don't just join a platform and not know how to use it, right? Or if you see something that you may be having an issue with or you need some advice, you have the ability to reach out to an actual human and talk to that person who understands your organization, who sees your work in the platform, so they kind of know where you are and they can help you where you are at that point. 
So, um, you know, you, you're lucky enough to see clients that come in through the early stages when they're incorporating and then potentially they're growing through your platform. I, I, what do you typically see? Uh, you know, we use the word scale in our topic today. Um, we were using it a little bit different, but we also can look at it and say is what have you noticed is the top things that a nonprofit does that um, that you can see that over time they grow to three, four, five million dollars. What is what are some of the top things that you see that your clients who come in at zero revenue and then become five million? What do, what do you what do you notice about them? Um, what we really notice is the leadership, right? And so when we think about like how we have training around leadership, how to um, help a leader navigate um, just the open terrain of what it means to run a nonprofit, right? And so like the leadership, not only at the CEO founder level and executive director level, but also the board level. So having engaged boards on day one um, is also important. And so where what that leader of the organization is able to do and their ability to connect the dots and run a um, compliant and efficient organization um, is really important and lays the foundation of how successful a nonprofit will ultimately be. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's like, you know, I, I don't know if this is my 40th or 50th, something around there podcast. And the thing that uh, we're going to really notice uh, with the things that I hear so much and it really makes sense is that the the success of a nonprofit is all dictated upon the executive director's skill set mm-hmm. and how good they are as a leader. And I think, and of course, the opposite is true. If the executive director doesn't improve, doesn't learn how to be a good leader, then often the nonprofit will fail. And so it seems it makes sense because you really think about unless the board is bringing on the executive director and usually early on, it's the executive director who's forming everything, right. right, Including the board. It's really a a one person show, isn't it? Correct. Um, And so that leader's ability to wear a lot of hats early on and, and then that leader ability to hire other good leaders as well, because hiring is such a big um, important piece uh, to continue that growth and continue that scale and having um, people who are capable to execute as well underneath the vision of um, the executive di- director and board is um, key. So, I mean, you've, uh, you know, I know you yourself are someone who really believes in personal development. Um, you know, what have you noticed the characteristics of, Someone that, you know, if I, if, if I, you know, if you looked at a couple of executive directors that have come through your system and either made, done well or failed, what did, you, what did you notice the commonality of their personality like? Um, what do they embrace that makes them successful or not successful? Yeah, I think that um, the leaders that have been most successful are the ones that one can get out of their way a little bit, but also um, the ones that look for innovative ways to access opportunities. Um, They 
are very succinct in you know getting in front of the right people, but not just getting in front of the right people, but it's what story are you telling, right? Like how are you captivating a um, group or a funder in a way that they're going to give you money, right? And so early on, um, many nonprofits are going to these funders to get to request funding for their organization to be able to grow it. And when you're really early, you don't really have the impact numbers to show, right? It, you're because you're starting off. So you really have to drive in on that narrative and that storytelling. And those who are really successful are able to make a, such a compelling story that a funder has to fund them, right? They, they have to give them an opportunity to get their organization off the ground because they believe so much in that leader and their ability to make change if they just had this funding. Um, and the opposite oh. is the opposite, right? Those who can't succinctly tell their story, they can't make a compelling case um, for why they should receive funding and so on. What do you, what do, you do if um, you're just, you're not really, it wouldn't be an introvert versus extrovert as much, but what, you know, it does seem that people who are introverted as an executive director typically are much better with running the programs versus going out and getting funding and donations. Um, what do you do if you're someone who's just not really cut out for the, your executive director, but you're not really great at the fundraising aspect of it? What do you, what do you think you do? You, you have to, so I, I truly believe that things like fundraising can be learned. Um, and you may not be good at it because of many different reasons, right? Like you may be an introvert or you may um, freeze up, right? If you're in front of, have to do a large presentation or, but I feel like those are skills that you can obtain. Um, and so that personal development and uh, that training around it, I think you have to get really comfortable with accepting like this is something that I'm weak in but how can I elevate this into a strength, right? How can I turn this around? Um, and in the meantime, that's where putting people on your board that have strengths where you have weaknesses are is really important, right? Mm. So you may can leverage someone on your board where you brought them on because you know that's a weakness for you today. Um, and you brought them on because that's a strength of theirs. So definitely leveraging your board for sure and bringing on people who have those strengths. What do you, uh, how long have you been involved with like nonprofits? Um, now, probably about 17 years. 17 years. Yeah. And so what, have you, what do you see in those 17 years? What have you seen that's changed? Um, a lot of things have changed. One, we are heavy on technical systems and capacity building. Over, you know, 10, 15 years ago or so, the idea of giving funding to increase capacity inside the organization, you didn't really see it often, right? Um, now you're actually seeing funders saying, you know, we probably should support nonprofits outside of just a monetary gift that has to be restricted towards this specific thing. Um, and so I think that funders are now really leaning into other ways that they can support organizations and making money less restrictive than it has previously been. And so that's something that I see um, 
that's something that I'm definitely seeing how funders are thinking about how can we support our organizations versus just writing a check and checking in on them when it's time to update a report. Yeah, I did a really good podcast with um, with a guest who who said that, you know, one of the mistakes that he sees a lot of nonprofits make is when they're, they're getting big donations or asking for big donations that they that they don't ask enough for it to be coming in as unrestricted so that they can use it. The biggest mistake that he sees small nonprofits make, uh, I think it was she, she said was um, that uh, they, that nonprofits try to run to, to uh, uh, I don't tight. It's not the right mm-hmm. word, but you know, they're the, the, in order for them to grow and scale, let's use our, that word scale. They, they gotta have to hire staff. Yes. And and they don't do a, a a great job on getting that Monday money toward internal operations, which allows them to grow, which allows them to help more people or services or social causes. Yeah, um, you see the same thing. Yes, I think that is changing, and I think historically, um, because funders used to they wouldn't fund it, right? They wanted all the money to go for yeah. non-operational expenses. And so I think some nonprofits just became conditioned to think that if I ask for it, they'll tell me no, and I won't get anything then. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I think that that might be a fear of organizations. And so I think it's important for funders to say, um, yeah, you actually need money for operations. You need money to hire people. You need money for um, training your team members. You need money to make sure that you're able to successfully make the impact, do the impact of your work. Um, and so I think oftentimes nonprofits, they don't include those things. And then when they get into the work, they're like, oh, wait, we actually need this other stuff. Um, and so I always tell um, organizations, like, make a request for a change, right? Like, you can actually ask your funder to say, yeah, we know we said that we allocated $50,000 over here, but we really need to move $15,000 of that over here. Can we do that? And this is why, this is our proposed reason why we need this change to happen. You'll be surprised at how many funders will say, yeah, that actually makes sense. Yeah, I think especially too, when you're talking to, uh, if, if, you're, if your donor is a business person, I think they really, business people really get that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, we, we talked earlier about stories, right? If you, if you, if you're if you have a story to tell about why it's so important that that a portion or their donation goes to the operations, you know I, I think it's a lot easier than people think it is. Um, uh, so uh, you know, I, I what what other things that you think are are important in scaling an op, a nonprofit? Yeah, so I think when you think about how you scale a nonprofit. We already talked about like the foundation, um, like leadership, having a strong board. Um, I always tell people that your organization is probably, um, if you want to, if you see organizations that are really strong, they have strong boards who bring in resources for them as well. Um, from there, it's about, you know, you're getting that initial funding in to support the growth and overall trajectory of the organization. So how do you cultivate donors is going to be really important as well. Um, oftentimes, you know, I was telling a friend of mine, they had like a give day the other week and I would have never known this give day was going on had I not had a conversation with them, um, a couple days prior. 
although I was a previous donor. So I'm thinking, why did why did no one reach out to me to let me know that you guys have a give day coming up so that I could support again? And so I think that organizations, we think about scaling up, um, they get donations in, even small donations in from donors, et cetera, and they don't cultivate donors in a way that can lead to overall growth. Um, and time wasted in areas of the organization that won't look that won't see through scale, right? So how can we move organizational leaders to um, really focus on the great the things that they're really great at? And um, obviously everyone wears multiple hats, but spinning your wheels around grants or opportunities that may never come to fruition um, is also where I see nonprofits wasting time. So how can we um, minimize that, cultivate donors, um, correctly be able to deliver a story of impact around your organization um, where other funders will want to donate and then hire great people, right, to work inside of inside of your organization. So those combination of things are really critical to scale up. Yeah, I, I um, f- from your experience, you know, like the question is going to be, and I'll, I'm going to add on to it, but the, the question is how are nonprofits that are small or under $5 million, you know, uh, how are they, are they using technology? Well, um, cause you know, there's great CRM software specifically made for nonprofits. There is great fundraising software. That's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that you have, and that other people have, that is, um, really great. There is communication software that's out there to specifically get the word out, uh, and in, in different formats to, in different ways. Um, I had a great podcast with a, a, a company out of Australia, um, that, 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 um, makes it easy for people to get video, um, emails out so they can show the services that they're providing. They, they make the messages more personable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do, you, uh, do you find that nonprofits are embracing, and this is not a leading question. I don't yeah. know the answer. It, you know, are nonprofits embracing technology well? So I actually think 2020 forced technology on nonprofits in a way that it had not done so in the past. Um, 2020, you know, we had nonprofit uh, organizations who had never used Zoom before, had never, you know, communicated in this way before. And I think ultimately people were like, you know what, this tech thing isn't so bad. It actually may save time and energy after all for some of the things that we were doing that we could have just communicated via this digitized, this, digi- this digital world that we had not been doing. Mm. We're so we're so paper and pen. We're so, you know, use Excel sheets and um, a endless stream of email communications, right? And so I think 2020 helped move nonprofits over into this tech for good world and this more digital world um, that we are in. And uh, previously, nonprofits were known to be very reluctant to adopt technology and the tech space in general for the nonprofit space, very antiquated and dated. Um, And so I think that the horizon um, and the future of tech for good is very bright. And mm. I do think that 2020 and the pandemic um, it helped push that faster than it would maybe have gone otherwise. 
The, the, the Resilia software, I, I, you had said something before I wanted to ask you a question about, and that is you said that um, it's like for training for a board, new board member. Are you using um, the consultants that work at your organization or do you bring in an outside independent consultant who specializes in a particular area? Yeah. So um, a lot of our trainings are on demand, so you can access it via um, at any time. So without a human person um, or the nonprofit coaches you can utilize. Um, those are humans, right? So you can actually talk to someone um, and they're actually on our team. So they're actual like full-time uh, team members of Resilia and they're, that's kind of what they do every single day, right? They talk to nonprofits and they build content and curriculum for nonprofits based on what they're hearing and seeing um, and the need. Um, in certain instances, we do, we will bring in like outside experts who like this person is such an expert in this space and we want to access their knowledge. And so we'll work with them to create content for our platform and for our users. So what does it, what, uh, what doesn't Brasilia do now that you, you think it's going to, that you're probably going to add down in the road? Um, so something that we want to add is this ability to, um, as we say, scout. Um, and so on the tech side, we have the same type of scouting, you know, where investors will um, hire people to go out and scout and find um, startups, right, for them to invest in. On the nonprofit side, um, for foundations, they do that as well, right? So a Bloomberg, Philanthropies, they have consultants and those consultants' jobs are to go out and find new projects for them to fund. Well, wow. the issue with that is that people generally scout from their own network. And so that in itself creates uh, inequity in a way that isn't conducive, isn't, you know, supportive of anyone. Um, and definitely not what we feel is like the future of philanthropy. And so we have the funders on our platform and we have the nonprofits on our platform. So for us to be able to make recommendations to funders of organizations that are um, meeting their criteria that may have never had the opportunity to get in front of them, um, that's something that we want to power our platform to do in the future. Yeah, yeah. How many, how many people work at Resilia now? Uh, so we currently have about 36 people on our team. Uh -huh. um, and we, I feel like we, we probably ask someone every other week. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've, we've grown significantly over the past uh, year and a half going from like 12 people to now close to 40, um, within like a year and a half's time. Yeah. What are you, are you involved in companies? Just, I'm curious outside of Resilia as well. Um, so not involved from a standpoint of, um, working with them. So we don't work. Resilia is like tech geared. Um, it's spun out of a company that I started called Solid Ground Innovations, which was a consultancy agency. So mm. some people will connect Solid Ground Innovations to me, um, primarily because it is a company that I started. Um, but outside of that, if you're not like a customer on our platform or you're not coming through Resilia, um, we don't work with, with them. And not in a traditional sense like we used to. So Obviously, we have we have people that come to us and say, "Hey, we want to like create a contract with consultancy." And we're like, no, you know, we're delivering this now through a technology solution. I have to ask you the 2010 uh, Nobel Peace Prize for service that you were awarded. How, tell tell us some, like how did that come about? What what was it? Uh, what was it like? Yeah, so the national um, the Jefferson Award is 
something that was established years ago by um, Jackie Onassis uh, to recognize individuals in public service, right? So um, we were working on a program called Catch. So Karen and actually teaching children hope. And um, I helped build that program from the ground up. And we saw through um, dozens and dozens of youth from essentially eighth grade all the way through college. And so I ended up winning um, and being recognized and as a top program across the US in the White House uh, report on volunteerism to the US Senate, um, you know, received tons of awards for it. And that was one of the awards that we received, which was very, um, it was great. We went to New York where we were honored and we received the award. And so to receive an award for the program curriculum that, um, you know, I helped build and create and launch and then successfully see through execution was um, was wonderful. I think that that's like the ideal, you know, goal is to see something from an idea to execution to impact. Yeah. Where, where do you think um, on the horizon now, where where do you think that um, nonprofits are going to have to um, adapt to in order to, you know, it's it's very competitive out there for the for dollars. Um, there's a lot of really good nonprofits out there. Um, what do you think that uh, executive directors are going to have to do to adapt to the changing environment? Yeah, so I think that. Um we think about nonprofits and like where we're going. Um, I think that nonprofits definitely have to be able to deliver. I was reading a Bridgespan report that came out last May and they're like, why don't um, organizations receive capital? Why don't like organizations, not people of color receive capital? It's like one network. So how can you get in front of funders? One, how can you make a better effort to do that? But the biggest thing was, how do you communicate to funders in the way that they want to receive information? So even when you think about like Mackenzie Scott, she gave another round of like $2.6 billion recently that was announced. And in that report, they mentioned that they there were other organizations that they wanted to fund, but there was not enough like meat on the bones, right? The organizations couldn't communicate how they would have shown their impact in a way that uh, demonstrated a need that they would take this money, a lot of money, um, and put it to uh, use and that they would see the results and the outcomes, right, that they were looking for. And so again, going back to being able to communicate that, right, just imagine being, having an opportunity to present your organization to McKinsey Scott um, Family Foundation, um, getting to the getting to the table and then not communicating in a way mm-hmm. that no. could have resulted in you receiving millions of dollars. You know, those are the type of things that you can't miss those opportunities. Um, and so I do feel that organizations have to get really succinct. Um, and people aren't looking for you to solve every problem. And sometimes I think that organizations try to morph themselves sometimes to fit in a box. And um, when in reality, just do what you do really well. Right. And be able to demonstrate that. Yeah, it's you know, I did a really good podcast yesterday with um, I think uh, Becca is Rebecca. But I think her last name's Taylor. And she's a consultant that specializes in strategy with nonprofits. And, uh, you know, we were talking a lot of it was all about story, um, you know, building your story. And, uh, you know, 
I don't think there's a podcast that doesn't go by where it isn't mentioned about how important it is to build a story. But I think the key ingredient here is you're not just building a story to get money and get donations, but you're also building a story to get everybody in your organization mm-hmm. uh, on the same page and on the same uh, 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 trajectory and also uh, – to build enthusiasm and to be clear about what you do. It seems like if I were, uh, I am involved in a nonprofit and uh, you know, the, the key I think is even if you could take a step back and say, you know what, we, we're going to make sure we understand our, our mission, our, our culture, um, our story, um, our values and really, really dive deep into that. And I would even recommend bringing, you know, bringing someone from the outside in to help you with that mm-hmm. before you go out and start, you know, trying to raise all that money. Um, I think you're going to be more efficient and effective that way. Would you agree with something like that? Um, absolutely. I think that, and that's what I meant like earlier about running in circles, right? And so. Yeah. To get organized and get very clear about what it is you're doing, what it is you're raising money from, and who you're going to go out and raise money from is so important. Um, otherwise, you waste so much time. You know, you're just kind of free for all, right? You're just going after anything, and you just want things to be succinct. You want things to be very clear, and you want to communicate very similarly across applications, across proposals, across your website, your board should have the same messaging, you know, your team members have should have the same messaging. And so I think you really have to make sure that those things are really tight before you just kind of go out there and um, go at it because you just don't want to waste time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what, let me ask you this, what question that I have not asked you is on your mind that you said that you're in your mind, you're saying is, you know, this is what I want the listeners of this podcast to know that we haven't covered. Yeah. So from our platform, we have uh, three products, but we also have a product where um, it's free, right? So it's free to any nonprofit to get on the platform and access uh, resources. um, Some of the trainings that I talked about uh, as well, and so I would definitely, if you're a nonprofit and you're listening to this, definitely, um, you know, go to Resilia and give it a look and see how you can use it. And, you know, you don't have to pay anything to do that. Yep. And that's R-E-S-I-L-I-A dot com uh, for those out there. Um, so that's really the, all the time we have for today. I would like to thank so very much Savitri Wil- uh, Wilson from Resilia for coming on today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. If you like today's podcast, please give us a review on your podcasting app to help us get the word out. And of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your nonprofit, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. Savitri, if people need to reach you, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, it's pretty easy to find me. Um, you can always email me at uh, Savitri at Resilia.com. So that's R-E-S-I-L-I-A.com. Um, or you can find me on uh, LinkedIn, my first and last name, Savitri Wilson. 
I'm pretty easy to get in contact with. So hope to hear from some of you. Great. So we've all come out of a rough year for many different re- reasons. And I just want to thank all our listeners. Uh, you guys out there are, are making the world a much better place. And, uh, you know, we all need me. I need to, you know, continue to try to do my best to help the world be better too and myself. So I just want to say thank you for all the work that you guys do out there. I think the Nonprofit MBA podcast is a um, – so the guests that we have, like Savitri, are, are just fantastic. If you listen to every single one of these podcasts, these experts um, are really, really great at telling you what you need to do, and it's free. So, so uh, you know, I advise uh, advise everybody out there listen to the podcast and you know let other people know as well. It's become very popular, and it's a it's great to have something out there that's giving back. Um, Everybody have a fantastic day. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you.